0: Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Caribou was our main food source, but when we were out on the country catching fur, if we didn't have caribou meat, we often roasted fox over an open fire. Fox was very nasty. And it had to be fat and well smoked with spruce. To tell the truth, I think you'd have to be an Indian and a hungry one to eat fox. From Moccasin Tracks by Elder John Nick Jador. This week, our guest is Michael R. Denny, singer, drummer, and keeper of Mi'kmaq tradition. He's a familiar name to anyone who's taken part in the Bay St. George powwow. He's been an MC in some years, and he'll be back in Flat Bay this year in the key position of arena director at the powwow. And a month later, he'll be in Cow Head, singing traditional Mi'kmaq songs at the Grossmorne Indigenous Cultural Festival. Others have bailed from the controversial event, but Michael Ardenny has not. I asked him why he's sticking with Grossmorne, about growing up Mi'kmaq, and about holding on to tradition.
1: And I'm joined by Michael R. Denny, who is uh, someone well-known to uh, people uh, who have gone to the uh, Flat Bay Powwow. And, um, Michael, I wanted to, to start first by asking a bit about yourself. You're from the Eskasoni Mi'kmaq Nation in Cape Breton, where you grew up, and uh, you still work at the Eskasoni Mental Health and Social Work Agency. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, growing up in Eskasoni, and speaking Mi'kmaq as your first language.
2: Yeah, so I was, you know, born and raised in in Eskasoni, the uh, neighborhood. Where, you know, Eskasoni is divided up into uh, like, like neighborhoods, a little like little communities. I'm from Castle Bay. Uh, there's also Moose River, Bamewik, and Amzibuk, and uh, with all within Eskasoni, I'm from Castle Bay. So, um, growing up in Eskasoni was was uh, was, was very nice. I I, I really um, I wouldn't trade my upbringing for anything else in this world. So I was brought up uh, hunting and fishing with my dad. Um, brought up uh, probably, um, I'm going to say, 90% of my talk was, was Mi'kmaq growing up. Uh, I didn't start speaking English until I got to uh, kindergarten. I was about four or five years old where I was pretty, I guess uh, I was pretty good at English by then. I had to have been whatever in order to go to school in a But um growing up um growing up was was really good, surrounded by my my huge family. Um I had a lot of cousins to play with. Um all we and we all lived all of, we were really close to each other. yes um, and, uh, another another
1: connection big... another connection between your community and uh and Newfoundland is uh you had some relatives who were who were craftspeople and made uh, baskets which were sold in um in uh, Oh yeah in yeah yeah. Tell well, me a little sure. bit well, about my, that.
2: Well, you know, this is this is only stories from from what my mother told me and when she was a little girl she would go with her mother who was my grandmother her name was Nancy Paul or her her maiden name was Gould and um she would uh, travel to from from uh, get on the ferry in North Sydney hop on the, uh, hop on the train in, in basket and go so all the way up the west coast all the way as far as Deer Lake, uh usually as far as far as she would go, and she would stop and fill bastards. And what from, from my what my mother would tell me anyway, um, the people that they met were very, very friendly, very, very welcoming to them. And knowing full well that they were Indian. Um, you know, especially during those times, you know, it, it was it was it could have been you know, it's pretty scary sometimes, but um, the people, the people of uh, Western Newfoundland, accepted them into their home. She, she, my grandmother and my mother, they would go and spend nights at, in people's, you know, strangers' houses because you know they, they see they see an Indian woman and her daughter walking, and like you know, of course um, they had they didn't have enough money to stay at, at any inns or any hotels or anything like that. And this was probably in the uh, late 50s, early 60s. So. Mm-hmm. It so um, happens. The, the
1: it so happens. I have I have one of those baskets uh, myself that uh, my mother bought from, Mi'kmaq um, people from Cape Breton. Who knows? It could have been your your grandmother's uh, basket.
2: Oh, it, it, it definitely could have been. There was a lot of people that used to do that too. I've I've heard stories. Uh, I've heard stories of people going up there. People going, you know, they travel all over Cape Breton, all around Sydney, Sydney area. You know, Blaize Bay, and Waterford and all, you know all these small small mining communities, and um, and they would go to Newfoundland, and to me, you know, or anybody at, at during those times, that was a that was a trip and a half.
1: Yes. Now, uh, in your in your recent life, you've been a, a regular visitor to uh, to Newfoundland, in particular the the Flat Bay Powwow. Uh, you've yeah. been uh, you've been the MC. You'll be at uh, Flat Bay this summer in July as the I understand, the arena director.
2: I, I, I was mentored, you know, by, by elders from this area. You know, I was taught the, the proper protocol and uh, the, the proper way to do things, you know, how to run powwows. Because an arena director is basically the person who creates the schedule, um, calls when when things need to be done in a good way, um, open things in a good way, bless, bless the ground, but also... Um, also uh, ensure that the dancers are fine. You know, I'm, I'm the middle person between, uh, between the power committee, the people, and the dancers. Same with the singers, the drummers. It's the same thing with them. Uh, but also to make sure that if, if ceremony is needed, um, that proper ceremony is conducted, whether by me or by somebody who I can appoint. So that, that's, you know, usually... Um, Let's say if a feather falls, there usually has to be a, an eagle feather, not just any feather, an eagle feather falls, there has to be a protocol done, and uh, the head veteran, if there is a head veteran, if there is no head veteran, then the, that responsibility goes on to the arena director to pick up that feather and make sure that ceremony is done properly and according to, uh, according to the tradition.
1: Yes. That's now, just one example. Yes. And uh, so that will be one visit uh, to Newfoundland this summer. The other, the other visit will be to um, to the Gros Morne area in August. August uh, four, five, and six. There's uh, the Gros Morne Indigenous Cultural Festival, as it's called. And um, this uh, has become a matter of uh, of controversy uh, for several mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, the location being Cowhead, where most of the people were denied. Uh, status because Cowhead is not one of the quote unquote official Mi'kmaq communities, uh, but yeah. here we have this uh, this event being being held in their area, and uh, some people feel it's um, rubbing salt in the wounds of the people in Cowhead, and uh, and uh, a well known musician um, Mi'kmaq musician Paul Pike has pulled out for that reason, but you're 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 planning on attending. And uh, yeah. Yeah. tell me uh, tell me why and what you think of the the criticisms of that event.
2: Well, um, you know, we, we we walk a very very fine line between you know what what um, if, you know when it comes to celebration, whether or not to celebrate something or 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 uh, or to be you know not to celebrate. You know, we walk a very very fun you know fine line, and it's the fine balance between the two things. And what 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 I, what my message is, you know, in that sense is, it is all Mi'kmaq territory. I, I I live in Sydney and it's not technically a Mi'kmaq community, but I'm still Mi'kmaq, and I'm still there, because this is my my traditional territory, my family, my my ancestors' uh, traditional territory. This Unamagi, as we call it, Cape Breton Unamagi. Even the word is, is is so old. It's older than it's older than uh, you know. It's older than um, the Indian Act. It's older than it's older than uh, colonialism. It's a, it's a word that always has been used to describe this territory, and it's still Nisga'a land. And I and and it's the same with Damskook, you know, Nufan land. That whole territory. You know, you know, according to our oral tradition here in in, in Unamagis, our our people left and went to Darnley, and they, they they and I guess with that it became Mi'kmaq territory. So no matter where you go on the Rock, or where, where no matter where you go in Cape Breton, or mainland Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island, the eastern half of New Brunswick, and the uh, eastern or the Gas Bay area in Quebec, and also northern Maine, that's all what we call Mi'kmaq. Including local land. How, do you, how do you
1: how do you how do you feel about uh, being associated with Parks Canada, and uh, the government of Canada, uh, and yeah. being pulled into Canada 150, celebrating 150 years of Confederation? Uh, do we have well, as Indigenous people a lot to celebrate from uh, these 150 years? We have residential schools, racism, colonialism, bad uh, conditions on reserve. Is that something yeah. to celebrate?
2: And and you know when he, when you mention all that stuff you know um, my father went to residential school. His, all his sisters went to residential school. So I'm I'm a product of residential school. Um, my family was forced to move to a during centralization. Uh, the racism, you know, the reserve conditions. I I I've lived that and I've survived through that. I'm not celebrating Canada's 150 years. What I'm celebrating is. My ancestors, my family, my father, his, you know, his parents, and their parents for him, our ancestors, celebrates the survival of 150 years of, of turmoil uh, being pressed on us by the Indian by residential schools, by colonialism. But we survived, and that's what I'm celebrating here in Nova Scotia. We're we're um, we're doing a uh, an, an event called the the Prayer uh, Grand Prairie Indigenous Festival. It's it, um, it's a festival that we're having in partnership with uh, Parks Canada and um, and the in the province of Nova Scotia and the Mi'kmaq of Nova Scotia, bringing in the Acadian, uh, French Acadian and Mi'kmaq cultures, and celebrating those both. And it is being held at Grand Prairie Nova Scotia, the mainland Nova Scotia, and um, it, it is a Canada 150 celebration per se. And for me, personally, you know, and I'm only speaking on, on behalf of myself, you know, I'm not celebrating, again, I'm not celebrating Canada's 150 years. I'm celebrating 150 years of the, the, the stuff that we had to go through to survive and to be here today it's so that we can celebrate things like this. And and my family is one of the families here in Nova Scotia that kept the language and even kept the songs and the dance. So we have a lot... Of you know, a lot reason to be angry, but we're, we need to be able to move past being angry. We need to be able to move on and to find something where we're celebrating and practicing our culture, we're practicing our dance, no matter what set it it's going to be in, because that culture, that, that language has survived.
1: Let me ask you about this idea of the indigenous, an indigenous festival. Some people think that's watering, uh, watering down. It's we're going to have a lot of tourists in Gros Morne, and um, yeah. and uh, some people it's been called on Facebook a uh, a dog and pony show for tourists to uh, to uh, to see Mi'kmaq culture. So it's kind of like a a cheapening of uh, of Mi'kmaq tradition to amuse uh, these tourists who probably don't know a lot about Mi'kmaq culture and just stumble upon it. Is that um, that an appropriate thing?
2: Well, a powwow is a social event. Powwows are meant to bring people together, to show dance styles, and to show songs that they hear, you know, and and to practice culture. Powwows are meant to be public. I don't see any difference between the 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 uh, growth, uh, the growth morn festival, right? I don't see anything different in the sense of powwow and 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 festivals, indigenous festivals, or or any festival uh, for that matter, are are largely public, including powwows. And our culture was meant to be inviting. When when the French landed here in our territory, we invited them. We invited them to be our allies, to be our friends. Even the word, you know, even the word Mi'kmaq. The word Mi'kmaq is even uh, a, a, a term that the French used, it, And that's what, apparently, that's what we call the French, because we, we would yell to our friend, Mi'kmaq, Mi'kmaq, or Mi'kmaq, my family, my friend. So the French heard that. They thought we were saying Mi'kmaq, Mi'kmaq. but so that's what they thought, or that's, that's what they think, the word Mi'kmaq or Mi'kmaq came to be. So even that in ourselves just shows you that, that we were so inviting. And all our all our festivals, our dances. I go to a powwow here, anywhere and actually when I say here, here on the mainland, whether it's Ontario, Quebec, in the United States, wherever I travel, powwows are open for everybody, whether you're a tourist, whether you're Canadian, whether you're American, whether you're non native and I know I know the big word over there now, I know it's carded status or non-status. It, it doesn't matter. Our word, our word for each other, even if the French and the English asked us what we call ourselves, they would have known we would have said Uldum. Oh, no. We wouldn't have said Mi'kmaq or Mi'kmaq. We would have said Uldum. Oh, no. Who are you? We know. So even that word, when you break that word down, it means human. It just, that's all it means, human being. And all our people did not discriminate against each other. Everybody's owned them. In the sense that everybody's welcome to our celebrations. Everybody's welcome to our ceremonies even. Even here here in, in Nova Scotia. We welcome non native people to our ceremonies. So you know, sometimes it it can be very difficult and I and I do understand that the, the situation over in Newfoundland is, is very very, very different than it is here. In, in Cape Breton or mainland Nova Scotia or the rest of the rest of Atlantic Canada. Um, let me let me
1: ask you about that because you've been you've been criticized on Facebook um for um you know coming into Newfoundland and uh you know perhaps uh you know there's a certain concern that uh, we assume that Newfoundland Mi'kmaq culture is the same as uh the, the history and tradition in, uh, in Nova Scotia and, uh, being separated by, by a large body of water, things evolve differently. And, um, yeah. and people are a little bit uh, concerned that, um, perhaps, uh, the unique Newfoundland experience is being watered down. And we assume that what is true of Nova Scotia, what is true of Cape Breton, uh, is also true of Newfoundland. And that might not be the case.
2: And and when it comes to I guess you know each each area has its own you know hunting hunting um, hunting tradition or fishing traditions you know here here you know in the mainland Nova Scotia the Inuit they're built weirs um, because that's the way the rivers were were uh, could be could be uh, used you know here in Cape Breton we use mostly spears in mainland Nova Scotia let's say northern Nova Scotia and that area they have they use snares. So each area had its own unique hunting or fishing styles. And I, I, I assume it's the same thing in Newfoundland, where they would have their own unique um hunting or fishing styles. In the sense of I guess dancing and singing, um and ceremony, uh, you know, that's this is only this is only the you know, I'm talking the surface of culture that you see, right? Um, it should be the same over here as it is in, in Damkou or Newfoundland, or or in Listabush, Quebec, or Gisquabegia, Quebec, or Osterbuctu, New Brunswick, or Eskanobidish, New Brunswick, you know, Medabanagia, New Brunswick, all these different Big communities, you know, the drive between here, Cape to Geskebegia is ten hours, ten hours on highway. And their culture there Minus a few differences in the language and some maybe some uh, variances in the in culture, but the dancing and the language is pretty much the same. Let me. Uh, and just like uh, that, you know, it should be, it should be um, the culture in that sense, like the dancing and the singing, anyways, should be the same as it is here as in Newfoundland.
1: Yes. Well, of course uh, cultures evolve, and um our uh our migma culture has probably uh, as no doubt evolved uh, over the uh the decades and and the centuries uh An, an issue came up um, regarding um the big drum the big powwow drum and whether women yeah. should be permitted to uh drum on the big powwow drum and uh in, in Mi'kmaq Tradition only the men uh, yep. pl- use and, that and drum, and some women and now say, "Well, okay, why are we? If cultures change, why are we taking this uh, this uh, this stance about the big drum? Can't uh, can't tradition change in that regard also?"
2: And it, it can, you know, anything can can change, and culture is evolving. Yes, you know, in the 1980s, they they brought the powwow here. You know, that 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 in a sense changed. But with that, the big drum, you know, is it is a Mi'kmaq tradition now. It has been has been adopted by Mi'kmaq people and it is one hundred percent a part of our culture. And the drum comes with teaching. You have to earn the drum for one. You know, it's like many things that you have to do, you have to earn it. You have to suffer for it. In order for you, in order for you to be able to uh, to carry that drum, and with that drum, those teachings came. and And I can go very quickly with it, but you know, give you the cold version of it. When the drum was created, it wasn't created by us. It wasn't created by women. It wasn't created by the men. It was created by Creator, God, Yizul, Islam, whatever you may call him, created that drum, brought it to the women with instructions, and that instruction was, women can create life, men can't. We can try all day long, but that's never, ever going to happen. You know, we only play a part in, in, in that creation. So when that drum came to, uh, when Creator gave that drum to the women with instruction, and that instruction was to give that drum to the men so that the men can may find their strength and be able to create that sound of life. You know, all of us are in all of us were born in our mother's you know, we were in our, our mother's womb and you heard that drum beat. But people say that the drumbeat, you know, the drumbeats, the heartbeat of mother earth. It's actually a lot deeper and, and deeper than that. It, it goes to every single one of us and it connects every single one of us. That drum beat is that the same drum beat that you hear on a drum is the same drum beat that you heard as a child or as a baby in your mother's womb. And that's why it was given to men so that men can mimic that song because men cannot create it that a woman's body can create that men can't do that, and that's why the drum was given to the men, and when I was taught you know I was taught all these these you know I was i mean it was it was it was given to me in in, in for one it wasn't you know, I have to I have to translate it in my mind um when those teachings were given to me to make sure that you uphold those traditions as, as as best as you can because these are these are traditions that were not written down as far as I know I don't other than if you write it on Facebook or something I have never seen it written down anywhere this is something that was taught to me by by my elders right and the decent say that's the reason why men drum and the women stand on the back behind the men as backup singers, you might, and they sing so beautifully, and that's that's how things are here in Cape Breton and, 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 and mainland over And all throughout these mags, and the, the, you know the traditions are not are not meant to um, discriminate or to uh, not meant to um, separate us, but bring us together with tradition. And protocol.
0: Michael R. Denny, Arena Director at the Bay St. George Powwow, taking place on July 14th, 15th, and 16th. And he'll be appearing with his group Stony Bear Singers at the Grossmorn Indigenous Cultural Festival, taking place from August 4th to the 6th in Cowhead. And that's it for the show. Thanks to Alison Baker for assistance here in the studio. Thanks to Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss for the use of celebration time. Check us out online, migma-matters.blogspot.ca. Follow us on Twitter at migma matters. Listen on SoundCloud or subscribe on iTunes. This is Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.